0: ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 24 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comC.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Wow, what a week it has been. I spent Wednesday through Saturday up in Chicago at the National Sports Collectors Convention, and it was quite a week. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I was able to find some of the cards that I was looking for for the PC, was able to record some conversations at the ComC booth with a variety of people. That is going to be the main thing that we share today, is that there's conversations that I was able to have throughout the week, and then we're going to kind of do a recap I'm going to give my overall assessment of my perceptions from the week, what I took away from the big event after all of the speculation that we had had leading up to it. I got to spend some time with Scott and Matt from Underdog Collectibles. They are my original sponsor and they're still with us over a year later. We got to talk about how things are going with their online breaks and how things are going with the new brick and mortar shop that they've got in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was great to catch up with those guys and get a chance to just talk face-to-face instead of over the internet, which is one of those reoccurring themes that you're gonna hear all along the the conversations today. One of the things that we enjoyed doing was getting a chance to talk with people that we've only talked with over the internet and having those conversations face-to-face, which was great. Definitely recommend that you go check out Underdog Collectibles at UDogCollect.com and tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. All right, now let's start to get into the conversations that I had. First up is Tim Virgilio from the lead charity partner of the National this year, Signatures for Soldiers. I am here today with Tim Virgilio, the head of our lead charity sponsor, our lead charity partner, Signatures for Soldiers. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Mike. I don't know how to act I'm like holy cow this is this is big time I you, did you guys set this up through my agent or what
0: <laughs> that's, that's right that's right and that agent, it's uh, me reaching out to you I think is, oh is how yeah that, that's, that right, that's right that's um, right both our agents were in touch with each other uh, <laughs> my
1: people talk to your people your people talk to mine yeah. and that's
0: how it all comes together exactly. I tell you what, it's been quite an event I know this isn't your first national it, right. it's not my first national either um, but it has been crazy to see the number of people coming out so far. I was up in the VIP lounge yesterday and they asked how many people are here for the first time. And I think about half the room raised their hand. Uh, I was at the main stage earlier and they asked how many people are here for the first time. And it was similar. I, 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 there's so many people here for the first time. It's been neat to see everybody excited to, to come out.
1: Yeah, you can definitely feel the energy. It's I mean, for me, I'm just feeding off of the energy. I'm, a, I'm dog tired, but <laughs> it, it's just the energy is just awesome. I mean, it's it's great to see so many people here. I mean, you know, not having it last year, you know, people are just eager to get back into it. It's it's great.
0: You said you're dog tired, and this is only day two. Yes, there's three the more problem. days to go. <laughs>
1: that's a problem. I'm like, I'm like, I just need to go and take a nap. <laughs> well signature for soldiers
0: tell me about how did you get started and you know what do you what do you guys do and how did you go about getting started
1: so i'm trying to think 2007 the fall of 2007 um my wife meets a guy um not in that fashion <laughs> she meets this guy and guy starts talking to her about how he wants to start up this charity to help homeless and disabled veterans and with my work my full-time work that's what i do and she, she comes i come home and she says hey you need to talk to this guy and he tells me about wanting to start up this charity so my wife and i have been involved with charity called Military Missions in Action. That's that's what it became. And, and Mike Dorman is the founder and the executive director. So we've, we've been involved with them on, in some capacity, literally from ground zero. So my work takes me out of the area where they're based. And just, I'm, I'm literally, it's a November evening. I, I think it was, uh, it had to be a Thursday night because I'm sitting there watching a Thursday night NFL game. And I'm thinking about, okay, how can I continue to support them? So what I, what I decided to do was take you know, my base cards, start reaching out to athletes, asking them to sign the cards, knowing that I'm gonna turn around, I'm gonna sell them, and 100% of the money's gonna go directly to military missions in action to help support their work with homeless and disabled veterans. That was the impetus. That was, that was the beginning. And um, the initial goal was to raise $500 and I'm literally a couple weeks into it and, you know, hadn't named it or anything. It was just, yeah, you know, I just want to raise $500. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm literally like a month or so into it and I'm like at $300 raised. In a month. Yeah. And and I think that was the moment that I was like, okay, I need to give this a name yeah. because this is this is going to grow into some, it, it's going to easily surpass the $500. So I'm walking the dog and, um, you know, just kind of, clear in my mind and I'm like signatures for soldiers yeah it's got a good ring let's go with it you know Uh, and and that's how it started um so you know seven nearly seven years later um the the hobby community has just absolutely gotten behind this and it's become so much bigger than I could have ever dreamt um this is our third national in uh, this year, we've been named the charity partner for the national, like you talked about. So as part of that, we're having an online auction uh, through the Handbid app uh, platform. Uh, so Handbid is donating their, um, their services, waiving all the fees. 100% from the auction is going directly to military missions in action. So we have that going on. That closes Saturday at 9 p.m. local time. And then uh, we have our booth set up as well and just selling stuff there and it's been you know i I said to my wife and and our friends who are with us helping us out with this i'm like if last night is any indication of what the rest of the weekend's gonna be like man it's it's gonna be absolutely phenomenal and and to this day you know this is this is our cherry work my wife and i literally take zero pennies out of it 100% 100% of the money goes to military missions in action, and then with them, um, 94 cents of every dollar they take in goes to one of their programs to help homeless and disabled veterans. Um, so 6% admin fees, and for those that aren't familiar, uh, national average for a nonprofit is 20% admin fees. So they're really well below that.
0: How, you know, you mentioned this is your third national, your seventh year in in, in efforts of, of yeah. raising funds how did you go about building that awareness within the hobby community i know i had heard you on a couple podcasts yeah. even before the last national and you're you have a presence on social media as well w- was there any specific strategy that you used to kind of try to no. build that awareness of what you were trying to do
1: no no it, it was just yeah it wasn't any you know i'm not a not a business major so i'm not like okay let me let me you know map out the business plan and all that it, yeah, honestly, it was just you know what I'm gonna have fun with this. Uh, I'm gonna be 100% transparent on what I'm doing, how I'm doing. You know, when when people buy stuff from me, the money, the, the donation is literally made to the charity. It doesn't come to me and then go to the charity type thing. Um, I wanted to cut all that out because I didn't want people, you know, ass- you, you know, making any assumptions or anything like that. So, yeah, it was just really grassroots. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I started, you know, on Facebook. And then I'm like, okay, let me develop a Twitter account. Okay, let me develop an a, a, um, a, uh, Instagram <laughs> account. <laughs> Sorry, I do yeah. like, um, yeah, so that, that's just kind of how it started. And then um, there was a gentleman who does a lot of blog posts. And he's like, hey, you know, he reaches out to me on Twitter and says, hey, I'd like to write an article about you like it's me I'm like okay yeah that happened you know, got some steam somebody hey I'd like to have you on a podcast I'm like okay sure you know I I really hadn't listened to a whole lot of podcasts at the time I'm like sure I'll talk about it and that got some more steam I want to do an article, I want to do a podcast, I want to do a radio interview. It's like, holy cow, this is just blowing up. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool to see the
0: success that that you've been able to gain and in the in the lives that have been able to be impacted by the work that you're doing. It's really cool um, to see that. You, you mentioned that you got started. I wanted to, to touch on this too. You mentioned you got started by Sending off some of the base cards that you had from your own collection. What does your collection consist of? What do you focus on for your own collection?
1: So for me, um, you know, like everybody else, you know, I'm growing up. I'm collecting. Baseball is my main, is my, is my sport. That's my, my first love. Um, so I, I collect baseball. Um, you know, was, you know, with the boom in the 80s, you know, did all the junk wax and everything like that. And um, then, you know, I, I guess I was maybe, I don't know, four, 13, 14 years old, and my dad and I are talking, you know, we, he had a love for baseball, you know, t- you know, typical all-American thing, and he starts, he grew up in the Bronx, he grew up with the Yankee dynasties, and he starts telling me about, yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, clip photos out of magazines, and I'd send them to the stadium, and the players would sign them and all that, I'm like, really, that's, that's interesting. So that's how I got into starting to collect autographs, and mm-hmm. then from there, you know, we would do local shows and things like that. And it, it, you know, my my parents were really great about just kind of supporting that and just having fun with it. So really, for me, you know, my collection is really just autographs. You know, okay. I, I, I you know I don't get into all the high end stuff um so you know and of course it's like oh i'll collect this i'll collect that and so i've kind of pared it down um you know i've always been a mets fan so i kind of my my goal is to kind of collect signatures from anybody that's ever put on a mets uniform okay so uh, you know so i'm kind of working on that um my father passed away about four years ago so i started um, the first set that he helped me put together was the 85 tops so I've gone ahead and I've started doing that at, to get you know all all the cards signed. So you kind of as a as a memorial to my dad, if you will. Um, and then I'm a big uh, University of North Carolina fan. So again, I just you know collect um, football, baseball, basketball, um, North Carolina players. Okay. So so I, you know, I've tried to kind of pare it down some. Um, But, you know, just doing signatures for soldiers has kept me in the hobby. I have fun with that. It's it's really cool to get some stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And, you know, and I'll kind of hold it for a day or two. And then I'm like, okay, let's sell it. And, you know, (laughs) so, um, so, yeah, so it keeps me, that helps me keep it from, from my own collection getting so big that I'm like, okay, so we're gonna now put on a 4,000 square foot addition on the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so so that's kind of what I collect. Um, and then I've I've started to do kind of some player collections for kind of guys that have really stepped up and really helped out the um, my efforts. Um, I grew up a Greg Jeffries fan and had the opportunity to meet him in Cleveland, and he had been supporting me for a couple of years, and it, and he acted like you know like we were long lost friends I and mean, he gave me this big bro hug and all that i'm like all right i got he, he's my player collection and then uh adam jones um just out of the blue reached out to me via twitter and he's like hey you know like what you do and want to support what you do and he happened to be um they, the orioles happened to be in town playing the the Rays because that's my local team And I'm like, actually, I'll be at tomorrow night's game. And he's like, yeah, let's get together. So I I do a player collection for him. And then um, Mitch Hanninger with the Seattle Mariners, he's been really great. He's donated so much stuff. He's donated, I think, eight, nine pairs of game-use cleats and bats and balls and things like that. So he's the other player collection I'm doing. So
0: if somebody's at the show today or this week, and they want to stop by and check out what you've got and pick up some autographs, and buy some autographs or donate something, yeah. where can they find you? How do they go about doing that?
1: Yeah, so our booth number is uh, 1236. Uh, easiest way to find us is go to the TriStar Autograph area, make a right, come up that ramp, we're right there.
0: And then if somebody is not at the show, who's gonna be listening to this later online, awesome. yeah. How can they find you, track down what you've got going on, and get in touch with you?
1: Sure. Uh, so social media, um, Twitter, at SIGS, S-I-G-S, the number four, Soldiers. Um, Facebook, just Signatures for Soldiers spelled out. Um, we have a Facebook page there. Same thing, we're at Signatures for Soldiers on Instagram, um, you know, spelled out. And then Signatures for Soldiers, all spelled out, at yahoo.com is the email address to get a hold of me so yeah that's yeah, and, and pretty much you know, folks are like, "How can I support?" and you know the big thing for me is I, I want to keep this very grassroots, you know, and and really, I tell people the biggest thing you can do is just continue to help spread the word, you know that that's the biggest thing because you know, in seven years that's how we've gotten to uh, counting what we did last night, we're up over one hundred and nine thousand dollars and and it's literally been a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there. It hasn't been 109, $1,000 items, so.
0: That's very cool. A $500 goals turned into over $100,000 of good that has been impacting people's lives. So that's awesome.
1: Oh, a whole lot of great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm glad we got a chance to help people know about what it is that you're gonna do, what it is that our, our lead charity partner is, is all about this year. And so I appreciate you spending some time with me today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I encourage you to come on back tomorrow afternoon as well. We're going to have a conversation with Dr. Beckett about his observations on the show and the hobby and and where we're headed.
1: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Welcome to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute presented by C live at the National. We're here with Dr. Beckett today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the 2021 national, and our observations so far. Um, This is my third national. All three of them have been here in Chicago. Dr. Beckett, how many have you been to now?
2: Uh, This makes 41, I think.
0: And I think that'd be all of them, right? Yeah, every one. Yep, Dr. Beckett's been to every national so far. There was a lot of buildup going into this year's event. The hobby has been on fire for these last couple of years, and there was a lot of anticipation, especially with us missing the national last year, about what this year's event might look like, and a lot of speculation about what that that might look like. From your perspective, we're here on um, the the third day in now. What are your thoughts as far as attendance? What have you been, been seeing as you compare this year to some of those prior years?
2: Well, this microphone setup makes it seem like we're the only two guys in here, but uh, there's another 20,000 somewhere sprinkled in the far corners of this room. So I think this week has been spectacular. The Wednesday was the best Wednesday, I think, maybe in the history of the hobby. Yesterday was the best Thursday, and today is a terrific Friday. So uh, Saturday and Sunday. So whether we're going to get to 100,000, I don't know, but it's it's. I don't think people are complaining about the attendance, let's put it that way. There's there's the wide aisles that appeared to be wide. Actually, they were, they were pretty crowded even Wednesday evening. So uh, hats off to John Brogy and Dan Berkus and the, the national team.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Ray uh, a week or two before the event. And Ray the,
2: to, <laughs> Forgive me,
0: Ray. I was talking to him a week or two before the event, and we were talking about the... VIP tickets and how they had sold out and then they'd even opened up the, the VIP tickets without the giveaways and those sold out and I had asked him I said when's the last time that's happened and he said I don't think it's ever happened that we sold out those those VIP and full week passes.
2: Well it's such a refreshing thing. The the, the big attendance driver in uh, Anaheim thirty years ago exactly was the prom were the promos which now have been kind of integrated into the VIP package and to see that people will want the vip without the promos that's that's a healthier sign than uh what was going on 30 years ago where people coming in getting the promos leaving paying another admission come in and get some more promos so so uh, the vips the the real lure is you get to come in early
0: yeah that and that that
2: is a big deal and not stand in a in a terrible line
0: yeah that that makes a big difference that You know, and I think the number of first-time attendees has been really cool to see. I was up in the VIP lounge um, as the event kicked off, and they asked how many people are here for the first time, and it seemed about half the the room raised their hand. And I was at the main stage watching a a few of the presentations, and same thing. It was about half the crowd here for the first time checking out the national. Uh, There seems to be a lot of buzz on the floor. Um, You know, I know there's been – you know, I've heard – I've heard mixed things, some dealers saying this has been fantastic from both a, a buying and selling perspective. I've heard some others say it's it's not quite the same. Um, I've heard people saying they're getting great deals, and I've heard people saying some dealers are sticking really close, and um, I'd heard a lot of speculation of one way or the other there was going to be extremes at this well, year's event.
2: There, and, there are extremes, but it, as you said, there's extremes on either end, but then uh, the general sentiment I think is very positive.
0: And I think that's what my takeaway, one of my takeaways has been so far is it seems the mood seems similar to other nationals. There's some people willing to negotiate and some people are getting great deals. Some people aren't. Some people are priced very competitively. Some people are priced a little higher. And that seems like a normal show. Not everything's going crazy high. Not everything's coming crashing down. It seems like a, a pretty balanced event so far.
2: I hope in the future it always is Mike, I mean, that's a, that's a healthier, more sustainable hobby. So, you know, you've got the, when, when people come to me and say, Hey, I went to the show and dealers weren't buying, well, they weren't buying what you were trying to sell at the prices you wanted, or they were, they were too high. Well, uh, when you see this big of a crowd, it's a lot of energy that says there's a lot of interest in this category and this great hobby and, and, uh, again that bodes well for the future which is why people are spending money
0: yeah there's and one of the things i love about the show is there's something for everyone you know there's cases full of cards that are five figures or more and there's also boxes and boxes full of cards that are a dollar and under Uh, You and I spent a little time at at one of those dollar booths um, earlier today, and we're we're digging through and hunting and having some fun, trying to find some hidden gems in there. Uh, A couple of my favorites, I found a a Derek Jeter heritage action card, um, one of the action variations, a few other um, Larry Bird, Photo variations and some things like that that were tucked away that were that were pretty fun. I was wondering if you were willing to share a, a couple of your favorite finds that, that you've seen so far today. Well,
2: well, first of all, it seems to me uh, those uh, guys at the Singles Club, where you're talking about Chris, they're strategically. It's like it's not like they made a mistake in putting those cards in there. They put some really good cards in, then they bring some more cards out each morning, and uh, you know I I hit them a little bit hard last year. But this year, I'm just thinking, wow, this is a lot of fun. Because I can't just name one. Yep. There were every box. In fact, I I, I pulled. Uh, I completely shot my budget. <laughs> and I never even got, you know, everybody else was going to basketball and or baseball. And I thought, well, I'll just go over here with football. And so I had less competition and was going through these boxes and pulling out cards uh, frequently, let's say to where at a dollar, you're, you know, what's a uh, a mistake, you know, if I'm buying an interesting card, if I later find out that I can't resell it easily, or even have to take a loss, I'm going to, I had some winners, as you would say, I had some $5 cards in there for sure.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the, the things that I enjoy the most about it is I was able to find some for some folks back home that I knew would really appreciate those cards. I found a few that I'd be able to use. Um, in the in the shop and be able to, to resell and then I, I definitely found a few that I'll be able to to submit to Com C.
2: Well th- this is not a paid commercial for Com C but Com C allowed me to be a little more aggressive when picking up things because that is a, a platform that I do use and so you know once you get familiar with that platform you can see that there's some dollar cards that you can sell for two or three or four or five bucks. Uh, maybe not instantly not a quick flip but uh, so that's kind of some of the, that's made it a lot more fun for me to more aggressively pick up things that I think hey this will eventually sell on comp
0: yeah it's, it's a lot of fun and um, a little sneak peek to to those that are out there you and I recorded a podcast episode for each of our podca- yep. uh, podcasts a couple of weeks ago that'll be coming out soon where we give some hints and tips and tricks and strategies about how to best utilize com for for buying and selling and so i think uh folks might enjoy hearing that when it comes out here in a couple weeks
2: i enjoyed doing that with you mike i mean it's uh again people can talk hypothetically about com but until you get into it and immerse yourself somewhat in the in the, in the in the in that system you can see how it can be fun buying and selling
0: yeah it'll be great well before i let you go i wanted to, one more question about you're, you're here for a few more days. You know, the, the event's still going on for a couple more days. What, what else are you going to be trying to keep an eye out for when it comes to the national? Is there, is there anything you're going to be trying to observe as you kind of navigate these next few days? Or, or are you going to just be continuing to look for cards and can, catching up with old friends?
2: I, I'm going to be continuing to look for people that are tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'll wander around a little bit. And when you wander around, you don't see people. But then when you sit down, then people see you. And so I'm trying to find the right blend there. But uh, occasionally I get tapped on the shoulder by someone nice, and I've got to recalibrate, and think, okay, uh, and have a nice conversation. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But I realized that some of these, uh, I, I do want to buy some cards, and I don't think I can wait till Sunday afternoon to do that. So no. I think I'm gonna hit that first, and then kind of like in the afternoons, kind of wander around a little bit.
0: Very cool. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Um, Thank you, Mike. I had a good time. It's always good to catch up and chat with you, and I appreciate you stopping by.
2: Always a pleasure, and
3: uh, again, keep up the good work, Comp C. (laughs) And Mike Summer. The Sports Card Shop is your small-town local card shop with the Global Reach. Located in New Buffalo, Michigan, the shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini direct dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Tops, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269 469-0140. Website is the sports card shop at Moco.com. The sports card shop is part of the Moco Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world.
0: This is Mike stone from the Waxback Hero Sports Card Minute, live at the ComC Booth again, and this time we have Bo, from the 1 Million Cubs Project. Welcome, Bo. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is cool. So how many Nationals have you been to now? This is
4: only my second, so I entered as uh, in rookie status coming into this weekend. And
0: you're you're trying to get some Cubs cards. A few. A few. A one few. One million. One million Cubs cards that you're trying to acquire. Tell me about the, the One Million Cubs project. How did you get that idea, and, and what in the world were you thinking? Lifelong Cubs fan pretty much a lifelong
4: baseball card collector. Started, you know, six, seven years old, I was collecting Cubs cards. 89 Tops was my, that was my entry into the into the hobby. And uh, over the years, I've, I've gathered so many cards and buying collections, I acquired a million cards total. A lot of those 80s and 90s that nobody wanted. And I figured, I can't sell these. I don't want to throw them away. But if I can trade some unwanted Yankees, White Sox, the dreaded Cardinals, if I can get rid of those cards, and then get even if it's junk Cubs, I'll take it. And uh, since I had a million, I figured, hey, that's a good that's a good number. Trade off a million cards, get a million Cubs, even if they're you know basically worthless. They're worth something to me as a Cubs collector, Cubs fan, so that's kind of the genesis of the project. And how long have you been tracking them down now? December 2017 is when everything just kind of came together and that's when I decided to start collecting a million, started the the Twitter account, the blog, and and all that.
0: So you had talked about wanting to theoretically trade this million card collection for Cubs. At this point, what's that breakdown like? Are, are most of these coming via trade, or are you going out and actually purchasing large lots and, and things like that?
4: A little bit of both. Um, early on in the project, you know, when I started 2017, 2018, there was a lot of I really had to get out there and uh, really ask for trades. Um, and it's come to the point where it's gained so much momentum that now I have to turn down trades. And a lot of the, the trades I have to turn down are because it's a set builder looking for particular cards that I just don't, you know. it's pretty disorganized. So I, I just don't have the time to, to pull those cards. So um, it's come to a point where a lot of them are, are cash deals. Um, in fact, just a few minutes ago was was talking to a fellow collector and, and we're gonna do a, a deal tomorrow for about 3,000, 3,200 cards. So some of the deals are, are cash deals um, in bulk, um, where it's, you know, pennies a card. Um, and then this week here at the National, there's some some cards on my want list. You know, a little a higher end, not the 89 tops, but, you know, going back, you know, 100 years. So it's a little bit of, of everything where I'm looking for bulk junk. I'm looking for vintage, pre-war, and
0: all that. So where are you at now? I know you're, you carry around a sign, giving people kind of a running total... At least somewhat of a running total on where you're at. Where are you at now on your journey to a million?
4: I entered the day six hundred fifty-four thousand six hundred, and I've added to it close to a thousand more today. So, um, as we
0: speak, about six hundred fifty-five thousand. And uh, what do you have a based on that pace that you've been going? Do you have a, a thought on when you might be able to to get to that million if things continue the way that they've been going?
4: Based on kind of the projections. I think the, at some point in 2023, my goal for the end of, of 2021 is 700,000, which I think I'll reach probably going into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, kind of set the goal maybe 900,000 for the end of 2022. And then that way, at some point, halfway through 2023. So I think it'll be probably the second half of, of 2023.
0: I've got about 35,000 sitting in my basement for you. And so at some point, we're going to need to get those to you. So I'm, I'm
4: going to drive down. I'm going to drive down to central Illinois and check out your shop
0: and, and pick those up. I can't wait. That'll be that'll be fantastic. You know, one of the things I think we talked a little bit about when, when we have talked in the past is you you started, you talked about starting social media accounts, starting a blog and those types of things to aid in this effort. But that's how we also met is through that that social media account and through through those activities and tweets and posts what are some of the other like ancillary benefits that you've gained or that that have come up as as you've gone through this journey you know that's probably you
4: hit it you hit the nail on the head with that because that's the the relationships and the friendships that I've I've made through social media through this project through trades that's been the the most fun part and you know People always say, what happens when you get to a million? And, and I kinda don't want this, you know, this, this whole project to end at the one million mark it will. <laughs> for you know, as far as bulk quantities go. Uh, but this just the journey and, and, and people are always asking what the latest number is, people are following the numbers and and just the relationships, the people I've met along the way, that's been that's been better than the Cubs cards. That's been better than than the cards themselves is just the relationships that have developed from this project.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the, the coolest things about doing this kind of stuff and getting out there and being a part of this hobby community is the relationships that come from it. Um, when people stop you and say, hey, you know, I, I've been following your YouTube channel and, and following along on your journey and you know stop me and say hey I, I really like the podcast where you were talking with whoever you know that it's so rewarding to to see those those relationships um, see the impact that you're, you get to have when you get to have those conversations and brighten somebody's day or whatever it might be it, it's a lot of fun to do that so if somebody's out there and they want to help you reach that goal how can they follow you find you get in touch with you to, to see if there's a, a trade that you might be able to work out
4: the the main my main contact would be on social media twitter is is where i you know live throughout the day at one million cubs is the twitter account one million cubs.com is the website uh tracking you know various mail days and, and just hobby stuff um email is is on that page as well one million cubs.com all right
0: well thanks for stopping by thanks for having me Welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, presented by Comc, live at the 2021 National. I am here today with NASCAR driver Ty Dillon. Ty, welcome.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: I appreciate you stopping by and chatting for a few minutes. Now, is this your first National?
5: Yeah, absolutely. This has been uh, quite the experience. It's um, yeah, I just I just got into sports cards probably seven or eight months ago, and I've uh, have quite the obsession going, but. This is my first uh, first show ever, so I just went for the biggest one out of the gate, and so it's been pretty overwhelming, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, for
0: your first show, you picked a monster to yeah. come to for your first one. Um, initial impressions? Yeah. It, anything... How's it compare to what you thought it might be when you when you uh, walked in
5: yeah you know I you know I, I kind of read the warning signs it's gonna be uh, you know it's gonna be a lot to kind of take in and take everything in and it really just is you know when you get out there and you're kind of seeing everybody's collections and everybody that's selling and then also some of the memorabilia um, which I don't really collect but to see some of this stuff that is here that has been you know used or worn or played with uh, is really cool and uh, it's just a great vibe. There's so many, so much energy and so many people here. And uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of.
0: That's, that's really cool. Now, I know you were out walking the floor. Did you find anything? Did you pick up anything today?
5: I, I picked up a couple uh LaMelo cards um, for Charlotte native. So uh, that's kind of my PC, anything Charlotte. And then uh, I, my wife's from Seattle. So I, I'm a fan of Seattle teams too. So those are kind of the two teams that I'm you know, collecting and it's been hard to find Lamello cards. I don't know if they sold out earlier this week, but uh, those were the only two that I really found that kind of caught my eye in price range.
0: Now, you said you've been collecting for um, within the last year, I guess, is yeah. when you started. Um, what exactly do you collect? What, what's your area of focus?
5: started with everything, um, any sport, just trying to catch, you know, whatever I could. But it's kind of slowly moved into soccer. Um, I'm pretty passionate about the soccer side of sports and sports. Uh, and it and it all came from i mean sports cards but it all came from collecting sports cards and and i never followed soccer and opened up a box and uh started looking through the names and as i looked through the names i was looking at the teams and i started watching and learning and watched some documentaries on soccer and then here i am like full-blown you know soccer fan and I understand so much more than i did about four months ago and uh pretty so, so sports cards have kind of fueled that passion. So now I'm, I'm mainly soccer is kind of the way. Soccer and American football.
0: Now, um, did you collect it as a kid at all or, or not?
5: Yeah, I did as a kid, but not seriously. Just um, actually a lot more Pokemon than anything. Uh, collected that mostly. and then But had a lot of baseball court cards. Played a lot of different sports. So uh, mainly baseball cards and, and mostly uh, Pokemon.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now as a driver, I, I believe your first card that you were on was back in 2012, a, a press pass card. What was it like seeing yourself on a card for the first time?
5: Yeah, so you know, I collected when I was younger and then I wasn't really into it for a while and then I just kind of fired it up again and um, when I first saw myself on a card I thought that was cool, right, um, to be on a card but I didn't really appreciate it like I do today and I actually appreciate it more now and I think it's even cooler now than I did when I first started signing cards. and then. Uh, you know, to have nine years worth of cards out there for me is, is really cool. So something that I, I enjoy now and anytime somebody brings me one of my cards, I really take the time and talk to them about it because I know what it means. I'm on the collector side yeah. and, and the athlete side. So that's a it's a fun thing for me.
0: Have you acquired any um, at this point that you're keeping for yourself, you know, that, that are meaningful to you or to stand out to
5: you? I have a few, nothing, nothing really special. I'm kind of keeping my eye open for people who might be, have them. Um, uh, believe it or not, Ty Dillon—you know—low-numbered cards are somewhat obscure to find. So, uh, you know, I'm looking out for them I, I do want to add as many as possible because I still plan on making them even more valuable over the next few years.
0: So. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, this year, this race season, you've had a chance to run some road courses. I'm mm-hmm. just curious, from your perspective as a driver, what? How do you like? driving a road course compared to the the standard oval tracks?
5: I really enjoy road course racing. Um, You know, some of the standard tracks, it comes down to a little bit more of the car and how it's built by the team um, and the speed that they build into it. When you get to a road course, it it pulls it a lot back into the driver's hand, so it's a little bit of an equalizer. I mean, the cars still matter quite a bit, uh, but the drivers can do a lot of things to to help their weekend there. So I enjoy doing that. I love the challenge of it, something that not most of us are used to, um, but I say that, and NASCAR's going towards more and more road course races every year. I think it's really entertaining, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it definitely mixes things up a little bit yeah. w- when they do that. And you're
0: also from a racing family, and um, I was just wondering, how competitive are you with your brother?
5: Uh, we're extremely competitive. I don't know. I mean, I haven't met very many sets of brothers who aren't competitive in some kind of way, but we, uh, we're we typically utmost com- competitors and everything. We're getting older now, and that's kind of relaxed. We both have our own families growing, and we're not typically competing against each other, but I can guarantee you anytime we're around each other on the racetrack, we're, we're competing pretty hard. Does that carry
0: forward into other things in life? Any stories from growing up with, with you and your brother battling uh, it out? Yeah, on constantly. We
5: were, we were constantly going at it. Um, you know, I, I told him about collecting sports cards, so uh, I think in a competitive brother way, he's gotten into sports cards as well, so... Uh, he 's enjoying it himself, doing breaks and different things too so uh, yeah we're uh, you know typically going back and forth with something.
0: How much longer are you going to be here? Are you going to be here through the rest of today and tomorrow too, or is today today your last day? Yeah, yeah,
5: flying out in the morning, and uh, I got to get ready to get back in the race car. So, uh, flying out.
0: Anything else you're going to be trying to track down before you
5: head out? I got a couple cards I'm trying to sell, and if I can get those sold, I mean, I'll probably use my last minutes to maybe try to find something to add to my collection. Like I said, I kind of in a small niche of what I want to collect myself. So. Uh, and at this point, a lot of people have sold out the stuff that I want. So uh, I'm still hunting, still looking. Overall, though, it's still so cool to see some of these cards that are here. That uh, you, just some amazing cards going for massive prices. So to even get to see those in person, it's a it's a cool experience.
0: Well, thanks so much for spending yeah. a few minutes today. If people want to follow along, keep track yeah. on your progress, where can, what's the best way to, to people to follow along with yeah, what you've got going on?
5: I'm most active on Instagram and, and my handle is at Ty underscore Dylan. So I do a lot of my card stuff there, a lot of my family and, and everything, you know, who I am is on that page. And then I have a YouTube page where I've done a, a series of vlogs at the races so you can see kind of behind the scenes and actually filming an, uh, an, an episode today for, for here. So A little bit of everything on there, and um, those are probably my two pages that that represent me the most.
0: Well, thanks again.
5: Thank you. Well, there you have it. I hope you
0: enjoyed hearing some of those conversations we were able to have live at the C booth throughout the week. From a personal perspective, I went in, as I talked about in some of the shows leading up to the event in prior weeks, I was trying to track down a few key cards, mainly the the Dr. J rookie from 1972, 73 tops to fill out those sets. There's the two Dr. J cards of the three that are in that set that I needed, the regular card and the all-star card. And I'm happy to say I was happy to nail both of those cards on the first night on Wednesday. I got both those cards. And along with it makes it even better is to get the price that I wanted on that Dr. J I was able to bundle it with a Walter Payton Rookie, which is also one of those cards that I have always wanted. It's one on my Mount Rushmore of cards that I wanted to have on my PC, and I was able to bundle them both together from one vendor and get the price that I wanted to knock those off. I was also able to connect with Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast. We've had him on a few months ago. He actually had two of the of the four 1980 basketball cards that i needed the with the magic the bird and the the irving card i needed the bird and the irving and he actually had all three together but as separate panels and so i was able to work out a deal with him to get the the three frankenstein panels put together which added two of the three cards that i needed which means that i'm able to resell one of those duplicate magics at the shop and offset some of that cost. And so I thank Kyle for working out a deal with me to help me get two of those four cards that I needed, which was another couple items to check off the list. I was a little disappointed that I didn't find any of the Quaker Dips wrestling cards. Maybe I wasn't looking hard enough, but I did not see any and, and nobody happened to to tip me out on who might have some of those so I didn't get any Quaker Dips cards, but I did have a lot of fun digging through quarter and dollar boxes. As you heard in the, the interview with Dr. Beckett, we were both sitting there. At the same time, in the same booth, digging through dollar boxes, along with Rich Klein and along with Bo from One Million Cubs. The four of us were all in that booth at the same time, sitting there in chairs, digging through dollar boxes, trying to find some of those hidden treasures. And so a shout out to the Singles Club because there was a whole lot of fun going on there throughout the week. It just goes to show, the big cards might get a lot of the hype, might get a lot of the publicity. But I tell you what, throughout the show, any booth that had quarter dollar boxes, five and under boxes. There was a whole lot of activity there. The hobby is alive and well, both at the high end and definitely at the low end. There's a lot of fun being had as well. So if anybody complains that the hobby is not affordable, that it's getting too expensive, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of people having a whole lot of fun in those $5 and under boxes, adding things to their PC, so don't let collecting those types of cards be overlooked when it comes to what you want to collect in your PC. The other thing that I said I really wanted to do at this year's National was get to meet people, catch up with friends from the past, and also get a chance to meet people for the first time that I had only previously interacted with online, and that definitely happened from the folks that I was lucky enough to catch up with over a meal to the to the people that I was able to chat with on the floor to the others who just stopped and said hey I'm a listener to the podcast I'm a reader of the blog I love what you're doing can can we just spend some time talking I loved those opportunities. It means so much to me to know that there's some folks out there who are listening to the show and are reading the website and are finding value in the information that I'm trying to share. I am so grateful and thankful for everyone who stopped me and said hi. I, It's one of those things that just adds so much to the overall experience of The National. And I don't think I can wrap up a show about The National without just mentioning one of the coolest things for me as a lifelong collector, and that is that I actually have an article in the newest Beckett Baseball Card Monthly. That's like a lifelong boyhood, childhood dream come true. And so, so thankful to the team at Beckett that they read what I submitted, and they thought that it would add value and be worth putting in the magazine, and that came out in this September issue that was live, fresh, hot off the press at the National. And I got to see that in person for the first time. And I tell you what, uh, I was kind of geeking out and, and so appreciative of, of that opportunity to, to write for a publication that I couldn't look forward to enough when I was growing up and, and means so much in the hobby. So check out the September issue of Beckett Baseball Card Monthly if you want to see what I wrote. And with that, that is all I have for you today. It's been a long week, a fun week, but a tiring week.
3: So I'll catch you next time. That's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you later.